This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Just like that. Second hour's here. Pop Mike with Under Withrow here on Outkick.com slash watch. I told you the show was going to fly by. I told everyone it's going to fly by. We are speeding into the weekend. Our weekend started yesterday for the show. Weekend in Vegas is always here. It started uh, on Monday, I believe. And we are going fast on the show today, Hutton. And what a great second hour coming your way with some of these guests. Yes, uh, we've got Rob Riggle, who will join us in about 15 minutes or so. Plus Brian Baumgartner, the, well, the Kevin. Kevin. The Kevin, Kevin from The Office is how we know him. The definitive Kevin. And you know him. Yes. Uh, a great guy will swing by. He's been on the show uh, with us. We've talked to him once before, I believe. Have we? In a previous live, yes. Huh. Yep. Wow. Via, by, via phone, I believe. I don't remember that, but I'll take your word via for phone. it. Via phone, yeah. I remember uh, questions about Dan Patrick. Do you remember when we yes, interviewed... He was going, he was going um, on Dan quite a bit. Do you remember when we interviewed Sinbad on the phone one time? Worst interview ever. And had to end the interview two minutes in because he was eating his breakfast at the airport while doing the interview? And, and not answering? Did, yes, didn't care. He was playing the bit of... Um, I'm trying to think who... Who was it uh, that... Who was it that Frank Wycheck said was his worst? It was a comedian, too. Um, it was terrible. Oh, either, uh, Gallagher? Gallagher. They're either in the guy that busted the watermelons. Not, and yeah, they're promoting their their show, right? Yeah. They're, whoever they're playing, whether the Ryman or wherever, and it, some guys are just not cool. We've had a pretty good track record with comedians um, on the show and actors, Hutton. I agree. Um, the uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, Colin Jost. We interviewed Colin Jost. It was right when the Scarlett Johansson stuff was breaking. He was awesome. So we had to ask him about Scarlett Johansson, and he handled it in a funny way yeah. where he just started answering a different question every time we asked about ScarJo. And then um, Pete Davidson came in studio oh, one time, right. too, yeah, and he, yeah. said, he said that he was frightened by us, uh, that he, he's frightened by older white men that talk to him and have deep voices, and that was the entire bit during the interview. It, fun times. We'll have fun with Brian Baumgartner and Rob Riggle coming up. Chad, uh, we are not done with the, the streaming platforms giving more money to air live sports. The NFL uh, now has uh, officially, and through Amazon as well, Amazon Prime has been given the rights starting next year to officially, exclusively air an NFL playoff game, just like we saw with Peacock. Millions, what, 23 million tuned into the game itself? That, yep. And... That was Kansas City and Cleveland. No, Kansas City. Kansas and City, Miami. Miami. Yeah, yeah it was right. in a it was in a freezer. If you remember, the game was thank you. Yes, freezing exclusive cold. to Peacock, and we see now where the money just continues to pour in. Now two playoff games. Keep in mind, next year is also next season is when we will also see Monday Night Football. That platform for ESPN. They had a wild card game on Monday night. They will have a divisional round game as well that's added to their package. Much like I hope what happens with Taylor Swift is kind of a collective yawn about her being in a game. It just yeah. becomes commonplace and no one really cares. And it doesn't affect anything, viewership or otherwise. Um, I think we're starting to reach the point of 
major sporting event X moving to streaming or having an event on streaming really registering as anything out of the ordinary because it's, it's becoming more and more ordinary, uh, especially given the numbers Hutton laid out for that wild card game between the Chiefs and the Dolphins. We're going to see more and more of it. The announcement we talked about earlier in the week about the partnership and the bundle of live sports, that's going to be interesting. This would not be a part of that. It would be separate on Prime Video. Amazon is in no way uh, in, in relationship with that bundle of the three companies coming together. So, look, if, if it's produced well, done right, I'm already an Amazon Prime member, so I can watch it. Uh, it's, it's kind of a collective yawn because it's just becoming the norm. And it's the bundle itself that you're mentioning with what, Warner, Fox, Fox, and ESPN. Yes, yep. Fox now has the, the online streaming platform, right? Mm-hmm. They partnered there, and everybody has a, a, a deal in some fashion with the NFL. College football playoffs up for grabs. We're going to see more and more of this. You're right. It's, it, the new bundle, the new cable is going to be what we're seeing here. What I would love to, to see is direct-to-consumer where all of those outlets we're talking about, the yeah. three, offer everything they offer, all of it, all in, inside of that bundle. But that's not going to be what happens. There's going to be yeah. certain content they allow on it. Other content, you've got to go directly to their direct-to-consumer platform, which it has been reported that ESPN, it, this is not going to be all of it. They're going to have a separate ESPN-only direct-to-consumer platform. That does not get me stoked about what it's going to be like to go and find live sports. For now. But I, I've been screaming for this for a while, right? If, if it was about the consumer and a way to make a ton of money, it's trying to find the app or the way to turn streaming and digital into television from before, where you can bounce from a Netflix show to a Apple TV Plus to Hulu to ESPN Plus quickly, and it's all consolidated. Now, that would take a lot more cooperation from these giant tech companies and media companies legacy media companies in, in certain instances to get together and, and form something like that. We're a ways off from that, but I will say bundling those three sports packages together in a streaming service is a step in the right direction. And why they're not doing that with everything just direct-to-consumer this way is because it, the biggest audience would be the NFL. They're paying $2.7 billion ESPN to the league, and the league knows if they give the streaming rights to ESPN with the, the current bundle, they're not going to be able to charge more whenever you have Netflix, Amazon Prime, and others raising the price of the next negotiation with what we're going to see with all the, the bundle that this is a part of. And then the partnership with ESPN, the NFL now has. How much does that affect the next level? I think any NFL they, property is going to go straight. They claim we're not going to see the Super Bowl on the, to only their own. on the stream. Roger Goodell said that. I know. But what did you say about Roger Goodell's contract? Did he say the next five years or ten years? Roger Goodell's contract, I believe. Not on my watch. That's what he said. That's how he phrased it. It will not happen on go. my watch. Um, I believe he was extended through 2027, maybe 28. The Super Bowl is the 2027. So, again, it's, it's coming. You know, I'm, I'm a little romantic and old-fashioned about certain things, Hutton. And one of those things is the ability to have a Super Bowl on a network. Uh, on over-the-air television, that if you have bunny ears and, and you live, you know, anywhere in the middle of nowhere America, you can turn on your television and watch the Super Bowl. I hope that never ends. <clears throat> I don't but think it will. It's, it's, it, it might eventually, and I understand the money at stake, but I hope it never does. And I'm glad that Roger Goodell is saying that. Well, the audience, though, I, I mean, the, as an advertiser, you would want every platform right. for the Super Bowl. We're going to see that, but can you, 
it's on cable now through ESPN 2027. By the way, Goodell's contract, March 27. There you go. March 2027. Not on his watch. Um, San Francisco, the 49ers, they are sending 800 full-time staff, interns, family, and friends to the Super Bowl today That's cool. for the weekend. I That's saw, awesome. I, I saw OutKick post a video from the plane yeah. of everyone going nuts on the plane that was uh, headed to Vegas for the Super That's Bowl. That's a blast. Really cool. And can't help but admire organizations that go the extra mile like that for their people yeah. and spend the money because they have it and they're not just holding back. You know, they're yes. not, they're not uh, Scrooge McDuck from DuckTales swimming in their gold <laughs> constantly. They're actually wow. they're taking some of that gold and they're, they're giving it to their people. They're giving it to the people. I, I like that about a company and I, I respect that about the 49ers. DuckTales, did you watch Darkwing Duck? I just thought No, of that was one. Um, I feel like that came along. I'm a little bit older than you. That came along as like I was transitioning into pre-teen, pre-teendom, right? That's about the time I was watching Beavis and Butthead. You're tra- that was a little bit more mature than DuckTales. You're watching uh, the WWE Monday Night Raw. How quickly I shifted from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. That, that was right along that shift, probably sixth grade, I'd say. And then what was the, uh, what was the show on MTV that was like, the, it was like a soap opera but for teenagers? Do you remember this? Oh, I think It wasn't think Passions, so. it was something else. Yeah, and it had like undressed. Some that was the name undressed. Of it. Undressed. Yes. <laughs> Man, we could. I feel like if we just teamed up, Hutton, and came up with ways to reboot, oh, just shows that like only a specific. I'm talking like only people 40 to 45 would even know what it was or remember it and hear it and think I'm going to watch the reboot of that show. Undressed is one. I'll give you another one. Singled out. That's another. Great we were talking one. about Jenny McCarthy last night. Jenny McCarthy exploded onto everyone's television screens and became a superstar because of Singled Out on MTV. I'm all for a reboot of Singled Out. Let's make it happen. Come on. Let's make it happen. We're about making deals here in Vegas. Let's make it happen. Back, you want to bring back Loveline as well while we're at it? Uh, Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew. Was that Dr. Drew? Madame Carolla, I believe. I remember kind of being grossed out by that show as a kid when I watched it. Like some of the explanations were just a little too advanced for my young yeah. brain to handle. I didn't know what they were talking about. I knew, but I didn't want to know, oh, yeah. right? It made everything less fun <laughs> when you hear about it in such yeah. detail, you know? I don't know. It kind of removed the mystery from things from me, and I, I don't like it. it. I don't was, like what it did to my childhood. <laughs> it was no mystery that Lamar Jackson was going to win his second MVP. No. Uh, he did last night at NFL Honors. Um, I am surprised that DeMar Hamlin did not win NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Joe Flacco did. The former Ravens quarterback who came back from his couch to be the fourth quarterback playing for the Cleveland Browns in the same season is the reason why we see Stefanski as the, the, the grand coach of 2024, or 23-24. Um, okay. DeMar Hamlin was a shoe in for this award until Joe Flacco happened. Right, the, the, that's the way I look at okay. When he joined the team, okay. remember he was, he was complaining about not being picked up by the Jets Right. Because he's in Jersey. So they had a problem. And the Browns picking him up and him going is, on that run cemented. I, so let's put things in perspective here. For, this is, how, this is uh, to me, a product of the news cycle that is crazy fast. It was a bigger deal that the Jets didn't bring Flacco. And then all of a sudden he gets the Browns to the playoffs. Um, to me, playing at 40 years old now is kind of expected. Mahomes is already expected to play that long because he's going to meet yeah. Brady, who played that at, long. Aaron Rodgers. At is, that position, yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the older quarterback is not a shock. Um, 
am I surprised he did what he did and he well, performed I, the way he did? Sure. But the Browns were good going through their – they went through, what, two running backs. Uh, Chubb, who was their top paid player at that spot, they went through Deshaun Watson and then couldn't decide if they wanted to go with the rookie or the veteran, lose both, and ultimately go with uh, Joe Flacco. But that happened at the end of the year. And – there are seven playoff teams out of the AFC now. Yeah, look, I think, you know, playing uh, up until 40 is not the mystery it was no. a while back. You know, this isn't the era of Ken Stabler, uh, the snake, in terms of how these quarterbacks take care of themselves and their bodies and they're built for longevity. So, but, Hutton, here's, here's the point. Dude was on his couch. He was playing in the backyard okay. with kids in the neighborhood like I would in my neighborhood reliving his glory days, dominating a bunch of little kids uh, in the backyard, and then went to an NFL team. And for, for Joe Flacco, he dominated Okay, for what he is now. That, that's, DeMar Hamlin died. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> We all thought he died. Right. And DeMar Hamlin, what did he do on the field this year? He came back and played. I know. Again, DeMar Hamlin was going you, to win it even, if Joe Flacco didn't come off his couch and lead the Browns to the Even playoffs. if you believe the COVID shot nearly killed him. The dude still came back and played. Yeah. Um, seven or eight months later, like yeah. the perspective of that um, with the uh, cardiac arrest, um, he, had the, he had it in the best place that on a, any Sunday or Monday to have that happen, which is an NFL stadium because it is required you have the top doctor of whatever area on site or within reach. Um, so the top uh, anybody, first responders, were there and within within minutes of uh, and they were able to start CPR or whatever immediately. I mean, again, like think about the coverage of canceling the game compared to just Joe Flacco. Well, you talked about how it's become more and more normal for quarterbacks to play into their forties. Yeah. Here's what's crazy to me: how normal is it now for guys to go into cardiac arrest and come back? Bronny James just did it in seven weeks. Okay. He went to but, cardiac arrest on a basketball court the and came is, back. The difference is we covered the, the fact that it was the hit and how it took place. Yeah. And commotio, commotio, commotio court. You crushed that. Yeah. Uh, and, and the fact that you still going through that, you come back and do that. And you, there's no reason to. I mean, he was on the practice squad at one point. You're not really playing anyway. And then you're actually play. They did, they did play him. And last year he was in that game. Because they went through like four safeties, mm-hmm. so they elevated it. Well, it was just so it was so it was such a it was so famous, right? Yeah, Everyone's yeah. watching. I mean, it was what Bronny James went through, no less traumatic for him and his family. But no it was at a, a shoot around, right? It was at an off season preseason practice, so not America didn't see it. And I'll tell you the effect of uh, of the commotio cordis that uh, was suffered by um, Demar Hamlin, and I, I've seen this coaching little girl softball. A lot of parents are now buying chest protectors. Uh, and I've seen it. It's like the Under Armour type, uh, you know, undershirt that has padding on it yeah. for a line drive up the middle that could go off the off the chest. And I think in, in large part, that's because everyone saw DeMar Hamlin and became aware of something that's very, very rare. But that I don't think what? I think most people didn't know what, what could happen. Was it lacrosse with that? Lacrosse, it's a, it's a common, it's not common, but, but it's someone, happened more in lacrosse. Someone died, I believe, doing like. We had, if, if you remember, Hutton, we had a doctor on that specializes in this. Yes. And the case that he brought up was the case of a high school age boy who was practicing lacrosse in his backyard. And he was doing something where he was throwing it off a net. Yeah, it was like 27 And coming back to yeah. himself, and it hit him 
No, no, I'll tell you what it was. It was a lawnmower that oh, was going that and, hit and, a, and hit a lacrosse ball and then hit him in the chest, yes. and he died. Yep. Or he didn't die. But if his parents weren't there to get him quickly to a hospital, the doctor actually treated him and he ended up living. But that was the case I remember him talking about was the lacrosse ball doing that. Crazy. Yeah. Very rare, but right. the fact is it played out on national Look, I'm television. Look, not, I'm not here to, you know, uh, uh, crap on the idea of DeMar Hamlin winning NFL Comeback Player of the Year. I, I would have been happy for DeMar Hamlin had that happen. And I think it would have happened if, if it wasn't it. so extraordinary that Joe Flacco came back from the couch and did what he did for the Browns offense. That, that was the story later in the year. But, yeah, I mean, I, if you would have told me when he came back and played at the start of the year this year, that he wasn't going to be NFL Comeback Player of the Year, I, I would have been shocked. I wasn't as shocked because of what Joe Flacco did. Is it the odds on favorite to win the next year, Aaron Rodgers? Can you win MVP oh, yeah. and Comeback Player of the Year? Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as he's, you know, remotely Aaron Rodgers when he comes back, which we all expect, yeah, he's going to win Comeback Player of the Year. Um, not coming back, but coming up right now. We have, well, another great guest that we caught up with earlier. Here's Robert. Joined by Marine actor, comedian, and doer of all things, Robert. <laughs> What's up, man? Is that, is that the official title they gave you? Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. We, doer of all things. We made that up. Once a Marine, always a Marine, that's right? That's true. So I, just, I, was, I was told by a Marine never to call someone an ex-Marine. That's correct. Or retired. Because once you're a Marine, you're a Marine. Yeah. the for, You can say former Marine. Okay. Um, uh, but yes, you're, you're always a Marine. The only ex-Marine, I think, is Lee Harvey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Assassinating a president could make you an ex-marine. Yeah, Other than that, that's an yeah, you're right. right that's a, a great point. Yeah. What, what's it like? Um, I'm always fascinated by someone like you that's in the entertainment business, and you're constantly making people laugh. How <laughs> difficult it is to be on at all times. Oh, I feel like you have to just <laughs> shut it down. It's unsustainable. Because if you are in public, yeah. the expectation is that you're going to be Rob Riggle and you're going to be on, and that would be exhausting to me. Yeah, it sucks. That expectation. Yeah, that's just, it's it's not possible. Right. I've only met one person who ever could pull that off, and it was Robin Williams. Mm. And I think that's probably because he, yeah. he was a little manic, to be honest. Yeah. You know, uh, otherwise, it can't be done. It just can't be done. Like, Will Ferrell is one of the greatest comedic actors I've ever known and I had the pleasure to work with. And when he's not, when we're not, when it's not on, we just sit around and talk about, he likes to talk about Trojans football. He likes to talk about sports. He likes to talk about life. And it's always gentle tones. And it's, you know, it's yeah. very nice. It's just a very nice. But then when there's, it's done, There's not a bit going on. No, you guys I are mean, just sitting down no, talking. He, he does like to do bits and yeah. stuff, which is great. But it's also fun to watch him because when it's time, you know, he'll flip the switch. And you can see it in his eyes, you know, and it's like, oh, game's on. It's go time. It's There's wonderful. people around. But, yeah, it's unsustainable. You can't. No one can do that. Do you shut it down a yeah. lot when it just, it's time to shut down? Do you Absolutely. shut it down? Watch this. <laughs> is there? What, did, did you know that you were sitting down for a Barbara Walters-style interview? Yeah. How excruciating <laughs> is it to be Rob Riggle? No. There is a skill of it, it, to be funny while not being funny yeah. as well. Very few can do that. Just It's something that's not funny, but it's hilarious because it's coming from someone. <laughs> like, you just sit there. I laugh at Will Ferrell just sitting down and staring somewhere. Well, because, you know, he's earned that. He's earned, there's an expectation of joy when a guy like, yeah. you know, when he walks in the room, you're like, <gasps> you know, because he's yep. brought you so many laughs over the years that you get excited to see him. And you're like, oh, my God. And like you said, he sits down and you're like, ah, it's already great. <laughs> but he earned that. He earned that. So. How did you get the 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 um, the hangover roll? 
We're in Vegas. Chad yeah. and I, are, Chad and I are, are, are talking hangover on the flight here. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think it's Todd Phillips, the director, uh, had seen me years before uh, at, um, at the Upright Citizens Brigade in New York City, uh, which is the improv uh, and sketch theater that I came up in. My teachers were Matt Walsh, Amy Poehler, Ian Roberts, Matt Besser. Uh, I learned from some of the greats. Um, and Todd was part of that theater for a long time. So I think he probably had seen me around there. I was on The Daily Show at the time. Yep. Um, and uh, uh, so I, I don't know. I've, I feel very lucky I, I got asked to do it. I will die for Step Brothers. <laughs> if someone criticizes that, we had a former yeah. co-host of ours who would criticize that movie. And oh, I, I would die for it. I remember there was one time we had Dennis Leary on the show. Yeah. And he made fun of Step Brothers. And Dennis Leary also came to the defense of Step Brothers. So that's, that movie's hilarious. <laughs> don't, don't you dare say anything about it. How much fun is that type of experience? You talked about Will Ferrell already. Yeah. But what's it like when you're on a set like that where clearly it's just working? Yeah, well, it's uh, Adam McKay was the director. And he is a genius comedic writer, right. director. And he and Will just are, they dovetail so beautifully. And everybody that was there on that set was up for comedy. We were all in the mood for comedy. It's what it felt like to me. Because every time I went on set and every time I was around, you know, scenes or in scenes, we were just laughing and enjoying and we were improvising and trying things. And Adam McKay's yelling out suggestions from Video Village and, and people would try things on takes and not tell you. You know, and you just get the giggles. And uh, it was just pure joy. That's what I remember. I remember enjoying it thoroughly and, and a sense of play that was going on that, you know, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. And uh, McKay movies are great because you do a lot of takes. A lot of movies, you don't have time. You don't, just don't have time. They're like, we got three passes at this, and then we're moving on to the next setup. And you're like, ugh. And so you got three chances, you know, and, and if you don't nail it or get it or find it, it doesn't happen. But Will's, uh, Adam McKay movies tend to, you get a lot of takes, which is great. You know, funny is funny. Comedy hasn't changed. What's funny to people is always going to be funny. Yeah. But I'm amazed even going back 10, 15 years, some things you probably could get away with improvising yeah. and being in a movie. Uh, the Hangover is a great example. Yeah. That yeah. you just couldn't even do today, I feel like. There would well, be criticism for well, it. But that's just because there's criticism in everything. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do. Taylor Swift, people criticize her all the time, right? There's no reason. <laughs> there's absolutely no she's, reason. She's standing in a suite. Yeah. She's, watching the game. She's watching, you know, watching her boyfriend play football. Yeah. What's the, what's the harm? What, why is that a problem? So it doesn't matter. There's always going to be, there's this new thing out there. You know, and I know a lot of people complain about wokeism, and I, I don't, I'm no fan. I hate it. But you can still do what you want. You just, people are going to, somebody's going to get butthurt about it, and there's nothing you can do about that. Don't apologize. Don't. Don't. Because that's then, the worst thing you can yeah, do. Yeah, apparently. They've, they've proven that even if you do try to apologize, they just still run you into the ground. So F them. I think Dave Chappelle mastered that. <laughs> the art of not apologizing. <laughs> uh, the, was it the episode Booze Cruise for The Office? Yeah. How cold was it that night? Uh, it was cold. We were out on Long Beach, uh, down in Long Beach on, in okay. the harbor, kind of by the Queen Mary. And we were filming all night. It went from sundown to sunup. And I remember I felt so bad for Steve Carell because he filmed all night, got in a car, and then went to, like, Evan Almighty to film all day. <laughs> I was like, how is this guy doing this? You know, like, he's got to eat and sleep at some point. It was, a, it was, it was awesome. Um, uh, but it was a really fun 
it was fun to film that, and it was cold at night. Was that uh, how much of your part with him is scripted versus just? No, that that was a lot of scripted, but they give you room to kind of use some of your own words. Yeah, as long as you're not changing the meaning of the sentence. You know what I mean? So uh, it, they are genius writers, and that was scripted. Um, but uh, you know, I feel like they, they, I, you could just say it, was, it wasn't verbatim. Yeah, like you're the captain. He's, he's, he wants to be the captain. Here yeah. we go. Yeah. You, okay. you, you've had a lot of good gigs over the years. <laughs> yeah. You know what a really good gig is? Is when you can be associated with a sports team or a sports city, <laughs> yeah. and suddenly you become the, yeah. the celebrity <laughs> fan. So when I think Rob Brickle, I think Kansas City sports Good. Because yep. I That's am a good Kansas business yeah. if you can get it, right? Well, and, and we have some really good sports fans in Kansas City, oh, yeah. celebrity-wise. There's a number. Uh, Paul uh, Rudd's in that club. Rudd, Brad Pitt. Sedacus, Stone Street, Brad Pitt's not Kechner. a sports fan, right? Well, he's a Chiefs fan. Okay. He's a Chiefs fan. Um, and we claim him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I would we're, claim him, too. We're claiming him. Just... We're claiming him. Uh, Heidi Gardner, who's on SNL yeah. right now. Big Chiefs fan. Big Chiefs fan. She's a Kansas City girl. Um, Melissa Etheridge, Dr. Phil. It goes down. I mean, the, the list keeps going. Uh, so we got a lot of uh, Dave Cook. Um, yeah, just a lot of good people. David were, Dismulchin. Were all of these people Chiefs fans when Alex Smith was a quarterback? <laughs> yes. All of them. Yeah, these are these are hardcore. Okay. All of, except for all Brad Pitt. Yeah, except, okay, Brad Pitt came along with Mahomes. There's the line. Likely, yeah. maybe, yeah. More of, Mahomes. More of a Mahomes <laughs> add-on would be. All Brad the ones Pitt. that I just listed, I believe, are die-hard. We were there for the two and fourteen seasons. We were there for the the hard times. Uh, no, do you think uh, Kelsey retires after this game? There's a lot of talk about that. A lot of talk about it. I don't. I think he's got a lot of football left in him, but I, I don't know. I'm not the man. He'll he'll make his own I'm call. I'm asking the insider. <laughs> uh, of all the titles. I know he's still playing golf because I play golf with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was about good. to say, of all the titles, one of them is avid golfer Yes. Uh, for Rob Riggle. You're here with PXG. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, well, Look at this. Oh, yeah. this, this, uh, this tactical This old here, thing? This, this old thing? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I've been an ambassador for PXG for, for many, many years. And uh, uh, Bob Parsons, who created PXG, uh, fellow Marine. Vietnam era, Purple Heart recipient, love him. He really looks out for veterans, first responders, and our active duty military. So that's one of the reasons I love working with Bob and, and working with PXG. Um, uh, they got new clubs out right now, uh, Black Ops, hence the tactical gear that yes, I am sporting. Yes. Um, but uh, they're woods uh, and hybrids called Black Ops, and they're fantastic. They're wonderful clubs. I literally just got a set. Uh, about two weeks ago, I played in a charity tournament with him uh, last week and was killing it. So my game's not that good, and these, uh, these clubs help. So anyway, I, I just like what they do. I like what they stand for. Uh, they do a lot to help uh, uh, veterans and, and first responders, and that means a lot to me. So uh, I like uh, coming out to support them. I love the cause and the, I mean, the setup over here is great, yeah, too. It's, yeah. it's nice. Oh, yeah. That was fun over there. I got to, I hit with the stuff on. And I still hit him well, if that tells you anything That's about impressive. the clubs. The That's clubs. something Brad Pitt's not doing. <laughs> That's, you got that right, He's doing yeah. everything else. That's something Brad. Hey, thanks he's, for doing he's, this, He's man. planning a heist at one of the casinos around here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. He does yes. whatever he wants. Ocean's, Ocean's 14 <laughs> is filming it. right now. <laughs> hey, it. thank you so much for yeah, this. Yeah, thanks for having Great me. Great talking to you. Yeah, nice talking yeah, to you. Yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah, nice talking to hey, you. Uh, coming up, uh, more from Radio Row. Super Bowl 58, Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow here at OutKick. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. 
Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Outkick. Hot Mike. Hutton and Withrow. Radio Row. Super Bowl 58. Chad, um, Friday's busy until about, well, late afternoon. Thursday's the new Friday on Radio Row. That's yeah. the busiest day. And I think morning is very busy. Yeah. On Friday, we were here bright and early recording some things. Yep. Um, and as the day goes on, we've reached the point now, it is, what time is it? It is 5.34 p.m. East Coast right now. So a lot of these radio stations, podcasts, we say Radio Row, we shouldn't say that anymore. It's Streaming Row. That's really what it's become, right? Everyone's got a camera. Yeah, it's radio, think, on, it's radio on, on camera. I think 70%, though, of the people here are podcast digital only, and probably 30% radio stations, if I had to guess, which has changed a lot over the years. But, um, yeah, people start to file out. All the East Coast shows uh, right about now. Yeah, and everyone's filing into Vegas. Yeah. As the fans come in, the media goes out. Including very recognizable characters from very much famous shows and maybe your favorite show. Brian, or is it Kevin? Well. <laughs> Last, la, do you, you hear Kevin more, right? I, I don't hear Kevin more now. But I hear it. I hear it a lot, including in the last uh, in the last interview I just did. But I told them I, you know, if I'm out on the golf course with guys that I know and I play with every week, I might be on hole 12 and hit a good shot, and yeah. someone will instinctively say, "Good shot, Kev." <laughs> I don't say anything. Anymore. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. You don't. You don't duck from it. That, and look, I, I watch you talking about sports, you know, all the yes, time. Right. And when you when you watch. Brian, yes, right. You realize, oh, uh, this is an actor. <laughs> yeah, like I'm always amazed by people like you know he doesn't sound like the character right. normally, and people uh, yeah. somehow are surprised by that. Less and less now, but certainly in the beginning. I just have to say, I'm feeling very intimidated. You guys both have notes and computers, and I'm just like well, here, almost like being interrogated. Wait, there, there's yeah. no notes. Like I'm, this is just I, this it's is on the show. Uh, do you want to put this away? No, yeah. I'm uh, kidding. I'm just kidding, to make I'm you more comfortable. Yeah. So when, whenever we, we, you know, we have other segments, this is up, right? Yes. And so I'm just trying to be, you know, yeah, consistent. No, I, I can no, I, whatever. I get it. I get it. No. I get it. Well, uh, I'll go over here if you if you're yeah. more comfortable, just be further away from you. Um, it, the office has. There's like this, I don't know if it's a warehouse or what it is, where you can actually, as a fan of the show, walk through the office, right? Yes, I've, I, I have not been. Uh, it's called The Office Experience. I know that it was in Chicago, D.C., and then I recently heard it was in Canada. Uh, yeah, they have reconstructed the entire set, like pound for pound, foot for foot. You can open and drawers. You can and open drawers, and there's stuff in there. They have like uh, this... Chili spill thing. Yeah. It's like that you can stand there and hold it like you're doing that in the conference room and Michael Scott's desk and stuff. It sounds really fun and people people seem to really enjoy it, but I, I have not actually been there yet. It looks cool. There's a, it was almost like a Seinfeld-like start for you guys on The Office, right? I think a six-episode run. That's right. For the first season and ratings weren't great. And then suddenly in season two, it just it takes off like, like a rocket ship. Yeah. But I... I'm curious what it was like on set, because even Seinfeld, in the beginning, I think the audience was thinking they weren't used to it as much. Is right. this funny? What, what is this exactly? Was that what it was like for you guys shooting it, where it was difficult to know exactly what it was as you were filming until you started watching it? No, I mean, and it's a great question, but I think, honestly, 
No, I think we were really aware, and I remember saying even the second episode, like, I don't know if people are going to give this a chance, but if they do, we have the ability. Was that Diversity Day? Was diversity, that episode two? Diversity Day. Okay, yeah. I was like, we're, what we're, what's happening here? I mean, even just talking about issues like race in a comedic fashion, that hadn't happened in like 25 years since All in the Family. We were doing something special, but you know, you have to remember at this time, now it's so different. There were, all, all the comedies had laugh tracks. Like the fact that we didn't have a laugh track, the camera was kind of jittering around. It was so totally different than anything that was on television. That was why we weren't sure. And you sparked an era. Right? It, I, mean, I mean, you started an era of shows. Now everything is like that, it feels like. Yeah, a lot is like that now. Yeah. 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 Also unusual, like, uh, at least I think it would be, in that show, the way it is shot, you, are, you have to be in the background, like, doing something, right? That's right. At your desk all the time. So there's not, like, downtime if it's Dwight. No, and I, yeah, I, I, used to, I used to talk about that a lot. I mean, in terms of schedule-wise... You know, in, in the business, you call it number one on the call sheet. I mean, usually you have a show, the lead is in every scene, and guys come in, and then they do their scene, and mm -hmm. they go home, and you're working, even if you're like a, a regular, you're working two or three days a week. We were all there all the time, every day, essentially, unless somebody left the office. Uh, but, you know, we were 60, 70 hours a week, all of us. Well, and... and so even in the testimonial room or whatever, yes, you're in the well, background. Yeah, people are, some people are. Do in the you background. hear them when? Or, because I would hear. be laughing. Yeah, you could. You couldn't if okay. you were outside of the room. You yeah. couldn't hear. But sometimes <laughs> the writers and the directors would be in the room, and they would be sent away. Okay. Because they were laughing, and it's and sometimes the camera guy would be sent away, and it was just the camera <laughs> there on us trying to get this out, because it would make us laugh too. Yeah. What, I would have to. What was it like being a part of something where, uh, you know, Steve Carell and John Krasinski became superstars over the course of the show? So you got to kind of witness that yes. with castmates from the beginning over the course of it. And then you were a show that every celebrity wanted to be a cameo on. Right. So then you have Will Ferrell coming in <laughs> for a run. You know, you have uh, Dakota Johnson in the final season. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was uh, in the final episode, right, or the final season. What, yeah. what was it like being a part of that part of it, too? The two, uh, two different eras, I feel like. Yeah, that was, it was very fun. I mean, that's the thing. You bring up a really good point that nobody, at the beginning of the show, nobody was really known. Carell had done... Uh, he was on The Daily Show as a Daily Show correspondent. But when he was, this was kind of before The Daily Show really took off and became really cool. Um, so, you know, a lot of people didn't know him, but then 40-Year-Old Virgin happened. And, and quite frankly, 40-Year-Old Virgin and the success of 40-Year-Old Virgin, probably, um, it's not the reason The Office was great, but it was the reason I think that people watched it. Like, oh, I like that guy. Let's give this show a chance. And, and from there, it... it certainly started to grow. Forgive me, the, the, the new HR person that takes over for Toby. Uh, Holly. Holly comes in. One of my favorite episodes is whenever yeah. she thinks Kevin is, you know, mentally challenged. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Again, acting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 We, right. We, we, we hear but, him but, now. It doesn't sound Kevin like that. Kevin was an actor. Yeah. Like, it was just, it's um, like hilarious. Yeah. And I love the concepts because it's just based around, every episode's based around one theme that is just central, but it's everything's funny with it. Yeah. And you can laugh at something that, you know, normally wouldn't be laughed at in that situation. No, 100%. And, I mean, the writers were fantastic and, uh, and you know, really wrote for us. And, and you know, 
started to get to know us. There was a gambling episode that yeah. Kevin had. There's a golf episode that Kevin had. I didn't. I wasn't allowed at the time to use PXG clubs uh, on the golf course, but I, you know, I, they the writers started to write for what we also like to do and kind of try. Even though, yes, I'm very different from Kevin, but tried to kind of find yeah uh, a, a, a play an interconnecting place where there were similarities. How have the PXG clubs changed your handicap? I'll tell you, I this new Black Ops one, I. They just came out and they were like, uh, I was playing in this event on television in Orlando a couple weeks ago, four rounds, walking, rain, eight miles. Not ideal. Windy. <laughs> I got fitted for them. I got them set. I played one practice round. My first round out, I had the best tournament round of wow. my life. And now I've been doing this, like those things, for like 18 years now, and it's the ball just goes further. I don't know what they put in there. If it's legal, I don't care. I don't want to ask because they are they are just they are that good. They're straight and long. It's uh, that's what she said. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, Steve Carell said you couldn't do the office today. They talked about a reboot, and he said I don't think it works today because of how sensitive culture is at this point. Do, do you agree? <clears throat> well, I've talked to Steve about that, and uh, you know. He claims the point that he was making was different. What he claims the point that he believes that it would just be different today because now uh, there is a potential with, um, well, let's just call it woke culture, that that would also be a part of the show and something that we would be talking about. So I think that I, the point that he says he, he was making was the show as it, as it was then would not be the same show now. Uh, we would be talking about different things. But, I mean, look, the number of people that are watching it. Yeah, some, look at the streaming somebody, numbers. Somebody would make it, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's more popular today than it was when it ran 100%. With, with people. 100%. Going back and watching it again or people discovering the show for the first time. 100%. And now you've got, you know, especially now, you've really got, uh, it's almost 20 years since you started the people who are watching it, younger people who are watching it then, now they've got kids and now they're watching it. Yep. It's uh, it's crazy. Who wins Sunday? The Chiefs by four. Okay. Um, yep. I'm not, I bet we, can't, we can't bet against Mahomes. I again. bet against Mahomes the last two games. Yeah. Buffalo and Baltimore. I will not do it again. Will not do it again in this game. I think I'm in the same I think I'm in the same boat as you. Yeah. Yeah. Of course no, you I are. think I, Buffalo. No, I'm saying. Okay. But I think I I think I picked both Baltimore and and Buffalo. And yeah, I mean. Chiefs by four. Chiefs by four. Hey, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you guys. guys. Yeah. Good luck. Stay tuned. More coming. Right. Hot mic with Hunter Withrow here on Outkick. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's been a blast in Las Vegas throughout the week here on Radio Row. Super Bowl 58, well, it's upon us. The weekend is here. 
in Vegas Sunday, the kickoff. Finally, it is about the game on Sunday. It's everything but the game with all the discussion this week on Radio Row. Uh, Kansas City, San Francisco, going to back Mahomes. That's what I'm doing. Are you going to follow what, I mean, the experts are doing? Kelly in Vegas taking the San Francisco money line. She loves that play. Uh, Ariel Epstein, she wants to go uh, with the prop, uh, the prop queen. She is the prop queen. She is. After uh, all. She's taking uh, Justin Watson. Longest catch, longest reception, at least over 12 and a half yards. That's her favorite prop of this game. Chad, are you backing what I'm saying, which is I'm going with Patrick Mahomes because I've bet against him and, well, the guy, the best quarterback in the NFL. He keeps winning. I think Kansas City wins again. Hutton, with all due respect it's to Kelly in Vegas, our resident of gambling expert, sports wagering expert, I agree with you. I, I, I'm going Chiefs money line in this one as a two-point underdog. Uh, I believe the 49ers have the better roster top to bottom. I think Christian McCaffrey could be a problem should for the be. Chiefs defense, should be a problem for the Chiefs defense. But I've said it time and time again. I'll say it one more time. Patrick Mahomes is John Wick. And until John Wick is killed, then I, I don't be, I'll believe it when I see it. And, and this, this postseason has <laughs> been that, right? We've, we've killed Patrick Mahomes multiple times in the Chiefs, and here they are, if, back in the Super Bowl. But what if Patrick Mahomes is just James Bond, and he, was, he is killed, and there's a new Bond, and yeah. it's Brock Purdy. The, the new Bond would be Brock Purdy. <laughs> and it's, it, it is, it's funny that you mention that because so many Tom Brady comparisons, Yeah. right? Yeah. And suddenly, if Purdy wins this game in year two, and he goes off in this Super Bowl, let's say, yeah. and plays great like he has most of this year, man, you could start to compare Brock Purdy's path to Tom Brady's, maybe even more so than, oh, yeah. than uh, Petros. And I'm not saying his path to seven Super Bowls, I know. Yeah, but his path through the league early on would look a lot more like Tom Brady than it would Patrick Mahomes. Well, and consider the magnitude of just him winning. Don- Donovan, on earlier, I asked him, you know, just thinking about the opportunity he had. He played two Super Bowls. Yep. Didn't win. He would kill for another opportunity like this. Everyone's doubting. The 49ers, but they, I mean, they have been the favorite for a while in the NFC. It was Detroit and uh, Philadelphia and San Francisco. And here we are with the 49ers. They went through a little lull, three-game lull, and then popped right back up. And they've, they haven't played their best football, even in the playoffs. You know, the Green Bay game, yep. not great. Uh, we saw Detroit. They had to come back after a terrible first half. They, you're right. They are due a really solid performance. And you can't find this prop bet. Christian McCaffrey's going to have more than six carries. They're going to give the football to running backs more than six times, unlike what Baltimore did against this Chiefs defense, and exactly what we saw from the rushing performance of the Buffalo Bills that went for a buck 80 against the KC defense. It's really good. Yeah. But Chiefs still won that game. Let me give you an off-the-wall uh, prop bet here. Go ahead. I, I've talked about Kittle. I mentioned that, that I like Kittle anytime I like that touchdown. Yeah. Let me give you a long shot anytime TD. Kyle Juszczyk. It's plus 1,000 to score a touchdown this game. Okay. He is utilized around the goal line. Yep. I'm not calling it, but I'm saying if you want to play a, 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 a long shot bet in the this one. The man was on our starting white roster. He I was. Believe. Yeah. I think he actually would start a corner on our white <laughs> roster, too. I think he's a two-way he's player. That good. <laughs> he's fullback, H-back, slash cornerback oh, on that all-white right. roster. Um, Kyle Juszczyk, anytime touchdown, plus 1,000. I'll be playing that one on Sunday as well. Um, also, by backing the Chiefs, you're backing the AFC, and the Chiefs on Sunday can make the AFC victorious 
for but the seventh time over the last yeah. ten. Well, talking to C.J. Stroud this week with a bunch of interviews. By the way, go back and watch all of them on yeah, YouTube, on, 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 on the website, outkick.com slash watch. You'll see full episodes of the show and all of our guests there. Um, talking to C.J. Stroud earlier this week, I asked him about, what's it like now to be in that pantheon of current great AFC quarterbacks? Because he's squarely there. But C.J. Stroud joins the list of yep, yep. Burrow, Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. Go down the list. But right now, there's only one of them consistently winning Super Bowls, right? And that's, that's Patrick Mahomes. But he's got to join that list also. And that just that stat goes to show the dominance of the AFC. I like the Kittle stat. What happens if Kelsey wins MVP and the world melts whenever we <laughs> – yeah, we're well, gonna get so tired of this. Yeah, I'm I'm already tired of it, and, and I, I think by next year it'll be less of a story because everyone will have seen it. It's all these first. Now it's Taylor's first Super Bowl, <laughs> and then we'll be done with that, and then it'll start to be the countdown of when she's the halftime show performer more than anything else. Um, Greg Olson talking to us earlier today. Two yep. best tight ends in football in this game, head to head, with Kelsey and George Kittle. He and likes I, those guys better than anyone else. You mentioned the 40 year old quarterbacks. Both are, uh, but Kittle's. Younger, maybe not. Are they the same age? Close, yeah. Kittle's Old, a little younger. Over 30? Yeah. Still dominant. Old men. Uh, our OutKick crew, both here in Vegas and back in Nashville, dominant. Thank Incredible you. Incredible job. Round of applause yeah, to you guys. Yeah, by everyone. Great work. Uh, great shows all week. Catch them on demand and live. Outkick.com slash watch. Hit the YouTube page as well. Back on Monday to recap Super Bowl 58. Hot by with Unwithrow. Right here at Outkick.com.